Thursday, March 1st, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together and we talk sports every single weekday. We try to do it with a dose of common sense. We try not to take ourselves too seriously, and we hope that you just might enjoy some sarcasm mixed in here or there. Happy Thursday to you. We are happy to have you here on this Thursday. You know, if you'd like to contact the show, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. If you've got a suggestion, maybe you need some advice, maybe you have some feedback for the show, we would love to hear from you. We do hear from listeners every once in a while, and it is nice to hear from you. See if there's something you like. See if there's something you'd like us to change. We would love to hear from you. We've got a lot to get to on this Thursday. There are some things moving around in the NFL that I think are very, very notable. We've got a player moving around in college basketball that we want to talk about. And as we do every single Thursday, we have got to get to our Thursday overreactions of the week. You know, it seems like every single week, the sports media is giving us something again and again, just pushing stories at us, pushing things at us and saying, hey, here is a big sports story. And a lot of times the things that they're giving us just don't quite add up. I'm going to talk about a few of those overreactions today. So we've got a busy, busy Thursday. We've got to jump in right now. We have some things moving around in NFL free agency as teams are starting to position themselves for the free agency period, which begins in just two weeks. March 14th, the free agency period will begin. And we all know that while they say it begins at like 4 p.m. on that afternoon, A lot of these deals are in place way before that. We know that because we've seen deals signed at 4 p.m. You're going to tell me you sent the offer at 4 and at 4.01, they sent it right back. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I have a feeling a lot of these deals are already done right now. Well, let's take a look at a couple of the things that are moving around in the NFL. First, it has been reported that the Chicago Bears are going to cut quarterback Mike Glennon after signing him as a free agent just one year ago. Could they have planned that any worse? They sign Glennon, they pay him a good amount of money, and then they go draft Mitch Trubisky very, very high in the NFL draft. Mike Glennon started four games and made $18.5 million. Well done, Bears. It's obvious you guys know exactly what you're doing over there. You know, sometimes we look at these professional franchises And we tell ourselves they've got to know what they're doing. Like I know from the outside, it looks like they don't know what they're doing, but they have to know what they're doing. There's no way they could be this incompetent. And then you see something like this with a franchise as historied and as storied as the Chicago Bears. And you say, yeah, they clearly don't know what they're doing. I don't know what it is that they're doing. I have no idea what their plan was. I don't know if they thought Glenn would be better. I don't know why they all of a sudden fell in love with Trubisky. It made no sense. In fact, right now, we're going to play a clip of what is probably the greatest play from Mike Glennon's time in Chicago. Do we have that clip? Go ahead and play that clip. Where was the clip? Oh, that was the clip. Got it. I know exactly what you mean. That actually was the clip of Mike Glennon's greatest play while he was with the Bears. The New York Jets have released defensive end Muhammad Wilkerson. They did that on Wednesday ending a seven-year run, and that run kind of ended on a bad note because the Jets, we knew they had to cut Wilkerson before March 16th or 
his $16.75 million salary would become fully guaranteed. And the Jets were sick of Wilkerson. They were sick of his attitude. Mostly, they were sick of him showing up late to literally everything. So we knew that was coming. They dumped Wilkerson. We'll see if anyone wants to take a chance on him. And also, the Minnesota Vikings, we know, have three free agent quarterbacks. They've got Case Keenum, they've got Teddy Bridgewater, and they have Sam Bradford. So which of those three are they going to resign? We know they've got some talent up in Minnesota. Who is going to be the quarterback up there? Well, right now, it kind of looks like none of the above. I mean, maybe they'll sign one of those guys later. But it looks like Minnesota doesn't really have any interest in signing any of those guys right away. The Vikings are saying they are going to allow all three of these guys to become free agents. Now, what does that mean for Minnesota? Just looking at the situation, I would think it means they're going to be all in on Kirk Cousins. And if you were looking at teams across the league as Kirk Cousins, and you were saying which team has the best chance to go win a title right away, Minnesota's number one, aren't they? They went clear to the NFC Championship last year with Case Keenum. Now, don't get me wrong. In the big game, it actually wasn't Keenum that cost them the big game. Their defense kind of let them down. But if I'm Kirk Cousins, I look at Minnesota and say, yeah, they are poised to win a championship. If I go there, we might have the surrounding cast there to get it done. But what does this say about those three quarterbacks in Minnesota if they're not going to sign them? If Minnesota doesn't believe in these three quarterbacks, then who should? Because I know, like here in Denver, Denver's looking for a quarterback. Like, bad. Like, we really need a quarterback. If Minnesota doesn't have any interest in signing, say, Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater, I think Sam Bradford physically, I'm not sure he can do it anymore. But those other two guys, if Minnesota doesn't want him, then why would Denver? So if I'm a team like Denver, or I'm a team like Cleveland, or I'm a team like Arizona looking for a quarterback, why would I want these guys? Minnesota doesn't even want them. They've had them in their own building for the past few years. They don't have any interest in them. They're looking at them saying, yeah, I mean, they're okay, but they weren't good enough to win us anything. We might go look at another guy. We may go look at a Kirk Cousins because these guys couldn't get it done. That would scare me just a little bit if I was one of these other teams. I'm not going to say that would be a deal breaker, but that would scare me a little bit. The guys who know them the best don't want to sign them. Yeah, I don't know if I do either. If you don't believe in these guys, who should? Now, here on the Daily Dose, I have given the NBA commissioner a little bit of a hard time. Like, sometimes I'll say he's rarely seen, he rarely takes stands on anything, he doesn't ever really act on anything, he never disciplines anyone. He did the one thing with the Clippers, and we all remember when Adam Silver stepped up and disciplined Donald Sterling, he hasn't done anything since. Like, we never even see the guy. Well, I think I might have to just eat those words, because he sure showed me yesterday Commissioner Adam Silver reminded all 30 NBA teams that tanking has no place in our game. What? In a memo seen last week to explain the league's six-figure fine of Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, Silver stated, We have been careful to distinguish between efforts teams may make to rebuild their rosters, including through personnel changes over the course of several seasons and circumstances in which players or coaches on the floor take steps to lose games. That's what Silver wrote in the memo obtained by USA Today Sports. Hey, that's a tough stance right there. 
Nothing like a well-written note to really show people you mean business. I take it all back, Adam Silver. There's no question you're a tough guy. You sent out a note. Did he fold it up? Like, remember when you were in high school? I know kids today, they don't have notes. But remember, you would fold up your note and like make it into a little triangle so you could pass it and then, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, open up the little. Did he do that? Like, did he fold up the little note and send it out to everyone? Man, Adam Silver coming down hard, sending out notes. Dude is a tough guy. I take it all back. Hey, coming back, we will get to our weekly Daily Dose segment. That's right. The best overreactions from the sports media world. What nonsense are we being told this week? Okay, before we do get to our biggest overreactions of the week, there is one other story that I just want to briefly touch on about college basketball. Because it seems that Sharif O'Neal, the son of, yes, Shaquille O'Neal, is expected to commit to UCLA. That's according to multiple sources. O'Neal decommitted from Arizona on Saturday. One day after ESPN reported that FBI wiretaps intercepted phone conversations between Arizona coach Sean Miller and Christian Dawkins, a runner for ASM sports agent Andy Miller. Sean Miller, in fact, didn't even coach in Arizona's loss to Oregon on Saturday night. And Sharif O'Neal said, okay, if they're having those kind of problems, I'm not going to Arizona. He backed out of that agreement. O'Neal is a six foot nine power forward from Crossroads School in Santa Monica, California. He's actually ranked number 29 in the 2018 class. He averaged nearly 14 points and almost seven rebounds on the Nike circuit with the California Supreme AAU program last spring and summer. Now he says he is going to go to UCLA. He doesn't want to be involved in that mess of Arizona. I'm just throwing this out there. Might not be worth anything. Quick suggestion to UCLA head coach Steve Alford. No more trips to China. You don't need to go to China. We all remember the last time you took your team to China and you had a kid on your roster with, let's just say, a dad that a lot of people know, okay? We all remember how that worked out. Stick around the states. Communist countries might not be for you. I know you tried it. Didn't go that well last time. I'm not saying Sharif O'Neal is that kind of kid. I don't think he is. It sounds like he's a pretty good kid. Just throwing it out there. It might be enough already with the communism thing. Stay here in the States. Play your games. Just, again, lobbying that out there. Okay, as we do every single Thursday, we've got to get to our overreactions of the week. Every week, we like to take a look around the sports world and see what overreactions they just might be jamming down our throats. Sometimes we hear these things and we just say something simple like, That was an overreaction. Got a number of overreactions this week. Got a few things we got to get to. One of the things with the NFL Combine going this weekend, here is one of the things that I've heard. Why are people talking about Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson having to switch positions because his completion percentage is only about 59%. No one is saying that about Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen, and Allen only completed about 56% of his passes. That's not much difference. 59 and 56, yet draft experts are talking about Allen maybe being a top 10 pick, and that Jackson should probably switch to be a wide receiver. Not only is this unfair, it might be a little bit racist. It's kind of the hot take we're hearing. That is the take floating around the sports media world right now. Why would anyone think of making Lamar Jackson change positions? And why aren't they saying the same things about Allen? I will tell you why. 
I'll give you one very, very important difference between these two players, but it's a big one. Josh Allen is six foot five and 240 pounds. Lamar Jackson is about six foot three and 210 pounds. Now, Jackson is absolutely electric, but he's also a very, very slight guy. And we know in the NFL, it's not if you get caught. It is when the beef is going to catch up with you in the NFL. Both of these guys have to improve their accuracy. No question about that. Both of these guys have to prove that they can learn an NFL system, make all the reads, make all the throws. But only one of these guys is barely over 200 pounds. I'll say this just as a Denver Bronco fan. If the Denver Broncos draft Lamar Jackson, I'm going to be holding my breath every single time he has the ball and not just in hopes of him making a play. When you look at Lamar Jackson, he is roughly the size of DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver in Houston. Think of that size player getting hit on every single play like quarterbacks do. That is what is making people nervous. And don't give me the Michael Vick argument. I've already heard that. Hey, look at Michael Vick. He wasn't that huge of a guy. And Michael Vick was just so electric that it didn't make any difference. Let me ask you what cost Michael Vick again and again. Oh yeah, injuries. It was the biggest thing Vick couldn't avoid. He was hurt all the time. He could never stay healthy. And I mean, we can talk about his preparation, whatever. He couldn't stay healthy and that was the bottom line. I don't know that this is so much a racial thing or anything like that or the you know style of play. I think this is mostly... The fact that Lamar Jackson's a smaller guy. Josh Allen is a much bigger dude. Can he play? I have no idea. I don't have a clue. I watched him a few times this year because he's at Wyoming. I don't have any idea. But I don't think that it's anything racially motivated or anything like that. I think it's genuinely his size. That's a big, big concern. Here's another take that's out there. The Jacksonville Jaguars went out and signed their guy. Hey, no one else believes in Blake Bortles. But the Jaguars clearly do, and they signed their quarterback to a brand new three-year, $54 million deal. Here's the only question I have on that. Who did they beat out on signing him? Like, what other offers came in for Blake Bortles? Was there a bidding war out there that we didn't know about? Like, were all these teams that are interested in getting themselves a quarterback, were they all like, hey, as soon as we get the chance, Blake Bortles is the guy we want. I mean, Jacksonville paid him. I guess there's that. But I don't think there's anyone else out there. And they can say, we got our guy. Uh, you just kind of kept what was yours because I think nobody else wanted him. You didn't even give him that much money. I'm not sure that really shows that much love for Blake Bortles. Nobody else was interested. So you said, oh, here's a three-year deal. I don't know. I guess we got to go with what we get. Unless we can find something better, I guess we're sticking with Blake Bortles. Not completely sold on Blake Bortles. Okay, we've got to get to the college basketball scandal because that has been a big one this week. And of course, we are hearing this everywhere. The college basketball scandal accusations reported by Yahoo Sports are 100% accurate and college basketball is in serious trouble. We are about to see monumental changes in college basketball. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe that at all. Like, sounds great. I kind of wish we would see some changes in basketball. I think there are things that need to be changed. We might have to talk about some of those next week. But I don't know that I'm buying that any of this is going to change because once March Madness starts, we're going to forget about everything. Remember, we had all the FBI stuff come out prior to the season. And then we all just kind of forget about it. And then we had this new thing come out with Sean Miller and all this. And 
Now we're kind of already starting to forget about that. We'll see if anything else comes. But here's a couple questions that I do have concerning the college basketball scandal. First off, we have this ASM employee, Christian Dawkins. And he's kind of the guy that we're looking at some of the paperwork he has. He had lunches with this person. He had phone conversations with this person. And we're kind of going off of this and saying, okay, then that must be gospel. Well, first off, how many people do you know that have fudged their expense reports? I mean, I'm not sure that that's gospel, is it? And we're already starting to hear that this whole situation with Sean Miller, that it might not be exactly what was reported because the player that was in question was already signed. And so we're already starting to hear this unravel just a little bit. There's already starting to be some questions that maybe this isn't exactly how this all goes down. But here is my ultimate question on the college basketball scandal. We've got wiretaps. We've got lunches. We've got conversations, all these things. How do you prove that money was exchanged in a court of law? Like, did someone write this down? Do we have a paper trail to follow where we say, hey, on this date, Sean Miller wired some money to a recruit. Here's the paper trail from it. Or did someone videotape these transactions? Or do we just have to go off phone conversations that are kind of vague and say, well, we think we might want to do this, or yes, we promise this, but can you really prove it? Will they hold up in a court of law? Remember, it's not what we know or what we think we know. It's what we can prove. And until anything is proven, I don't know where any of this is going. And I don't think anyone does. Are there bad aspects to college basketball? Yes. Do they need to be fixed? Without question. Can they prove any of it and like actually prosecute anyone? I don't know. Not based off of what we've seen so far. I guess we'll see how that ends up coming out, but they better have more than what I've seen so far because right now I don't know that any of this would hold up in court. Might get a slap on the wrist. You might see a kid lose his scholarship or you might see a coach lose his job. But other than that, like stop with the March Madness is going away and college basketball is going to collapse. Those things aren't going to happen. Not anytime soon. We'll see if that changes, but that's not happening right now. Speaking of the NCAA scandal, and I am not a fan of the NCAA, but of course, it has become a very, very popular opinion this week to talk about the NCAA being corrupt. They don't allow these basketball players to make millions of dollars, but hey, no one cares if baseball players do it. No one cares if hockey players do it. If tennis players want to go play professional right out of high school, go do it. We don't care. Those sports have more white people, (laughs) so maybe it's just that. This is just a racist move. The NCAA is absolutely corrupt. In fact, if you didn't hear, LeBron James even talked about the NCAA being corrupt and that they are banning athletes from making a living. Hey, I hear what you're saying. The NCAA is kind of a mess and they get so many things wrong. They have so many flaws. Even though we have a daily show, I don't know if I can cover them all. They get some things screwed up. But here's the thing. The NCAA doesn't tell football players they can't go to the NFL. The NFL does. The NCAA also doesn't make the rule that players can't go to the NBA. I know LeBron James is kind of throwing that out there. Yeah, that's not the NCAA. They have nothing to do with it. That's the NBA owners. That's the NBA players. And that's the NBA's collective bargaining agreement. The NCAA doesn't have anything to do with it. They don't have that kind of power. They can't be throwing their weight around. They don't have any power. You can hate the NCAA all you want. 
and I understand a good part of it. You can call it corrupt. You can say whatever you want. You can say that these universities should be paying players and that these players should be able to go earn a living right out of high school. Great. But the NCAA didn't make that rule. The NBA did. So if LeBron wants to sit there and he wants to condemn the NCAA, hey, go talk to your owner. Go look at your CBA. In fact, since you are the philanthropist, why aren't you trying to go out and get these things changed? You have the podium. You're LeBron freaking James. Why not instead of tweeting all of your lifetime and career stats and telling everyone what a great job you're doing, why don't you go out and get up on a soapbox and start saying, hey, NBA, we need to change this. That's not the NCAA. This is our league. Why can't these kids come to our league right out of high school if they think they're ready? The philanthropist, I don't know. He might have to rethink the way he's doing things. You know, I did also hear, I don't want to mention by name, but I did also hear a certain ESPN host that may or may not have used to play for the Fab Five say that college basketball players should just boycott the NCAA tournament this year. In light of this whole scandal, they should just basically go on strike until they start getting paid and until we start correcting some of the ills that are wrong with college basketball. Now, that's pretty sweet of a guy that's already made his millions. But last I checked, the guys playing college basketball, they're trying to get their piece of the pie right now. They don't have it. And here's the thing. As much as we might gripe about college basketball, and as much as we might complain about college basketball, a lot of these players that don't want to go to college, they can go overseas. They can go to the G League. They can go play somewhere else except one thing. As much as we bag on the NCAA, and as much as we complain about college basketball and how it needs to be fixed, College basketball is helping market these kids and get recognized and make a name for themselves. Name the best player in the G League right now. That's what I thought. Name the best player playing overseas right now. That's what I thought. You can probably name five to 10 players. Even if you're not a College Hoops fan, you can probably name five to 10 players in college basketball right now. That's the difference. So I know that we can sit there and we can say, hey, college basketball, you ought to just boycott college basketball. The players ought to just stop playing. These kids are trying to make a living. What would some of these guys have done if you'd have told them that back in the day? Hey, don't go make your millions. Just sit tight and go on strike. Whatever. I'm trying to make a living. I'm trying to help my family. I'm not getting ready to do that. Give me half of your money and then I'll think about it. Once again, I'm not sure that I have heard an equitable payment plan of how to fix all the woes in college basketball. I mean, we're even hearing that maybe players should start to profit off their jersey sales at the college level. Okay. I mean, I guess. If my jersey is selling, maybe I should make some money off of it. But let's just say I'm a walk-on scrub. I don't even get to play. And I'm at the University of Michigan. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can go ahead and wear number five. Because it's going to sell whether I play or whether I don't. If I'm at Duke, I think I might want to wear like a number 32 or something like that because it's going to sell whether or not I do anything with it. I don't know how this is going to work. Like, do I get a chunk of the cash based off some of those jersey sales because they have nothing to do with me? Again, I'm not saying paying players is out of the question. I'm saying it's not as easy as everyone is saying it is. There's a lot of people 
throwing out the problems. We all know the problems. There's not a lot of people coming up with good, realistic solutions to how to fix college basketball and college sports in general. You're going to have to think about that. You know, usually here at the Daily Dose, we try to come up with solutions. You're going to have to think about that. There might be a few ways that we could fix college basketball. Might have to talk about that some next week. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue our overreactions of the week. We do have one more overreaction concerning the NBA and specifically the Golden State Warriors. It seems to be popular again. We'll get to that right after this. Just a quick reminder that if you've got any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose for all of the latest pop culture collectibles. They feature your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. March's Loot Crate theme is called Playback. It features items from Back to the Future, Sonic the Hedgehog, Dungeons and Dragons, and The Simpsons. And if you're not interested in those franchises, head over to LootCrate.com because you're going to find pretty much any other one you could think of. You can order individual items. You can order a single crate or you can order a subscription of crates. Best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you type Daily Dose into the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. Okay, we've got one more overreaction of the week that we've got to get to, and that is that Golden State Warriors big man Zaza Pachulia is a filthy player that should be suspended for all of his dirty tactics. Did you see Zaza purposely fall on Russell Westbrook this last week in an attempt to hurt Russell Westbrook? And you know, this isn't the first time we've seen him do stuff like this. Remember, it was also Zaza that put his ankle down for San Antonio Spurs guard Kawhi Leonard to land on last year, ended his year for him. This isn't the first time we've seen this stuff. This kind of behavior needs to be punished. Zaza is a dirty, filthy player. Now, here's my problem with Zaza Pachulia. You know, I played some basketball growing up, played in rec centers, played in churches, played high school ball, played in high school gyms, played at parks. Played at playgrounds. I refereed basketball for a few years. And then I coached basketball for like 15 years. I've been around the game at least a little bit. And I think we might be giving Zaza Pachulia way more credit for his athleticism than he probably deserves. Watch this guy run. It's not like he's light on his feet, right? He's not graceful. He's not particularly athletic. He's a big guy. He's six foot 11. He's nearly 300 pounds. Do you think that he can really stop on a dime? Do you think he can turn his gigantic body and run the other way like a gazelle? Or is it more likely that Zaza is just doing the best he can to stay on his feet? He's like a big baby Huey. I mean, his head alone weighs like 150 pounds. Do you think he is in control of himself at all? Here's the thing that I find interesting. If it was a like defensive lineman, 6'11", 300 pounds, would we be looking at him and saying, no, 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 he just seems like he's really kind of a dirty player because he always is falling down on people or he's always kind of in the wrong place. We just say, no, he's a huge guy. Good Lord, I don't know. He's just doing the best he can to stay out of everybody's way. Watching Zaza Pachulia, I don't find that he's dirty. I find that he's clumsy. There is a difference between the two. It's a big difference. One has intent One doesn't. I think he is honestly doing the best he can to get up and down the floor. He is a giant human being. I don't think he's a dirty player. I think he's really, really clumsy. And I think he's really heavy on his feet. And I think he's just one of those guys 
that you've seen at the rec center. He's just always in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's the guy that whoever goes up is going to land on his foot. He's the guy that is always just falling into your legs. And, oh, jeez, he's such a clod. Yes, that is Zaza. I don't think he's a filthy player. I don't think he's doing these things intentionally. I don't think he's coordinated enough to do them if he tried. Sounds great. But if you were seven feet and like 300 pounds, you wouldn't be so light on your feet either. Hey, tomorrow is Friday. Of course, we will be looking at the latest sports news and stories. And we will be looking forward to the weekend and giving you the best events to watch. Got a few things that might be a little bit different this weekend to watch. Plus, as we do every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5. Have to say thank you so much for listening to the Daily Dose every single day. Thank you for the feedback, for the questions, for the suggestions, for the tweets. Thank you for sharing the show. It is all very appreciated. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.